Hello, welcome back. This is episode 26 of the Arthology 2 podcast. So, hello, and you are very much welcome here. Thanks for listening last week. That was good episode, good feedback from everybody, plenty of listens, so uh, pleased about that. Uh, if you haven't tuned in yet, do go and tune in. In fact, go and tune in to some previous episodes as well. As you may be able to hear through the audio quality of this, I am outside. And there's a bit of wildlife noise in the background and you might hear some planes overhead and some cars and just general noises of life. Uh, that's just because I'm over in Australia for a couple of weeks and the place where I'm staying doesn't have particularly good acoustics. It's very much made out of wood, so lots of echoing. So I'm out here doing the recording outside in the back garden. So apologies if there's a bit of background noise. I'll try and sort it out afterwards in post-production. Other than that, I think we're pretty much good to go. Uh, but just before we get going, I'd just like to extend my apologies to Johnny, who was supposed to record this episode with me, but as a result, maybe on the other side of the world, that's not been possible. And he did contribute some of the ideas to this one. So credits to Johnny for that one. Uh, look, the idea for the the podcast this week is uh, tactics and etiquette for being in pubs so how you're supposed to behave in a pub in terms of the etiquette from a customer's perspective so it's how the customer should behave not not necessarily the staff uh, and tactics to make the most out of your visits to the pub uh, pub being a very sort of I guess uh, not quite quite a British and an Irish thing, but obviously there are pubs and bars worldwide. And I don't know if some of these ideas are, are particularly linked to, to Britishness. I, uh, you know, you don't have really the experience overseas to work that out. But, you know, look, we'll, we'll dive in and we'll see how you, how you get on it. If you're an experienced sort of pub goer, you might find these quite relatable. If you're not, then you might learn something. So, you know, good reasons to listen on both counts there. So we'll dive straight in. I have a big list of... Uh, etiquettes and tactics I've, I've I've made a list here that I have written in front of me some of them are based on etiquette some of them are based on tactics so I will just read them to you and explain what they mean and what I think about them and that will be pretty much all the content for this week the first is definitely uh, tactics definitely tactics and the idea actually came from uh, a show which Dave Gorman the comedian was doing on Dave and during his show, he explains what the best way is to queue for the bar. Because the truth is, like particularly in in the United Kingdom, that we're very good at queuing. But like it's it's one of the things that British people are known for. But that just goes out, completely out the window when you get into a bar. Like it's extremely weird if there's someone queuing for the bar, like queuing for the bar in a straight line. Like it just looks wrong. It's basically just a big free for all. You know, we're all drinking. We're all. You know, we all know the rules. You've just got to push your way to the front. And there's a number of tactics to do that. So the first one is to angle your shoulders so that people can't get by you. So if there's someone standing behind you in the queue and they look like they're going to get by, if you sort of push your shoulder in front of them and put it across them, you, you can block off their way to the bar. They can, you can block off any potential gaps in the huddle around the bar and then protect your your own interests so you can get to the bar quicker so that's a good tactic not such great etiquette for the people around you but it is effective and you do get your drinks quicker and along those same lines is putting your hand on the bar and putting your hand on the bar there's two things first of all it allows you to sort of pull yourself into the bar if there's a gap 
And second of all, it allows you to put your hand across the queue so that no one can move in front of you. Once your hand's on the bar, no one can move into that space where your arm is, or nor can they move across it into another gap. So once you've got your hand on the bar, all you have to do is pull yourself in and just attempt to make eye contact with the barman. That's 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 the game from there. Once you you know you've used your shoulder to block off the person behind you, you've put your hand on the bar, so you've blocked off all the space uh, that anyone else could exploit to to get their own drink. And then it's all attempting to make eye contact with the barman. Of course, if you are not a prick and there's somebody else who's got there before you, you might let them take the next the next space in the queue. But all is fair in love and war, so realistically, you have no. Uh, obligation to do that it's just whether you're a cunt or not that's that's the only thing that would would govern over that so that's the, your first little bit of tactic uh this is etiquette and tactics the second one so it it, it feeds into both uh, and it's about like when you get your round in so personally i think that you should get your round in early so if you're with a group of people you should buy them all a drink first when you get there number of reasons for that first of all you know big respect for doing that you know everyone always likes the bloke who bought the first round and it just removes the pressure, really. Like it, t- once you've got your drink in, and you're then under no pressure for another good couple of hours to get another drink in. If you get your round in sort of towards the end, you know, you're always thinking, "Oh, when's it going to be my round? When do I have to buy? What am I going to have to buy? What's everyone drinking?" If you just get them in when you get there, then you know you're probably going to be grand for the whole the whole time you're there. In addition, if you get if you get the first round in, you know not everyone might be there by the time you get there, so you might have to buy a, sm- a smaller round because there are still people in transit. So as a result, you get a cheaper round. So look, lots of respect for people to get their first round in. I would fully recommend that you do. However, there is also an argument, which I don't necessarily subscribe to, for getting your round in last because people might have gone home and as a result, your round would be smaller and therefore cheaper. And your round might not even come come up at all. You know, something might happen during the evening or, or during the day, which means that you know the, the 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 round system is broken and therefore you don't have to get your round in at all so but really if you do that and you're the sort of person who holds on to to buying your round for a couple of hours in the hope that you might not have to buy one then chances are you're a dickhead like if you don't have the money just say like that if you're just doing it to be tight then you're a prick i'm sorry that's just that's just the rules i don't make the rules but you are you are a prick uh, and also, if you get your round in last, there's a considerable chance that people are going to be pissed by that point and they're going to be ordering funky drinks. You know, you can get yourself a nice pint of lager at the beginning for nice and cheap. But by the end, you know, you might be buying double gin and tonics, which is going to cost you a lot more in the long run. So basically, what I'm saying is get your round in first. Don't be a prick. Back to the etiquette side of things. Like, don't try and shag the bar staff. <sighs> Sorry, there was a and on my hand to blow it away yeah don't try and shag the bar staff like it's poor form i think in general hitting on people whilst they're at work is pretty poor form because they don't have a choice like by all means talk to them because it's kind of like a social job but if you start hitting on them and like particularly touching them it, it, it gets pretty weird and that's their you know they, they have to be there they're contractually obliged to be nice to you which you might, I guess might give you the wrong signals but yeah just don't be a cunt don't hit on people whilst they're working like it's not that difficult but I don't want to talk too much about it because it's quite a serious one isn't it it's not very jovial and lighthearted, which is the sort of point of this of this pod so I'll quickly move on to another etiquette uh, point 
which is bring your glasses back to the bar. So once you've finished drinking and you go to get your next round or you go to leave the pub, take your glasses back to the bar and put them there. It's little things like this that get staff on side for you. And if the staff are on side, then chances are they're going to be nicer to you. You know, it allows you to, I guess, be a little bit more of a prick later on if you're you've had a few drinks like if you've helped them out they'll help you out if that makes sense sorry i'm being attacked by insects which you know that's what happens when you go to australia and it fucking wildlife just attacks you um yeah so look bring your empty glasses back to the bar although i've been told that apparently it's really annoying for bar staff that if you do bring them back, if you stack them up, so if you've got like a big stack of pint glasses and you bring them back and put them on the bar, like that really annoys them. I don't really understand why. Apparently you can crack them, although I've never seen that happen in my life. And I guess maybe it's a bit of a ball like to unstack them. Uh, so yeah, that's a little tidbit for you. Make yourself popular by bringing the glasses back and don't stack them. You know, every day is a school day, isn't it? You know? Another bit of etiquette, and, and it is sort of tactics as well, I guess. Uh, because you know you can really fuck yourself up like, if you're ordering a pint of Guinness which you know I I definitely would because Guinness is fucking class don't order it last <laughs> you know order it straight up You know, as soon as you go to the bar you're ordering around order your Guinness first because that allows them i.e. the staff to pour your Guinness and leave it to settle whilst they're making the rest of your round if you order it last then you basically have to wait an extra two minutes for your drinks the bar staff have to do an extra two minutes worth of work and everyone around you has to wait an extra two minutes for their drinks as well so really it fucks you up so that's that's poor tactics and it fucks everyone else up so that's poor etiquette don't do it order your guinness straight up speaking of guinness i've got a couple of fun facts for you about guinness so that, that you're supposed to leave it to settle i think it's for like 119 seconds that's 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 the the length of time you're supposed to leave a pint of guinness partially poured and, and obviously that's why it takes so long and that's why you should order it first uh, fan fact number one is that that's actually completely unnecessary since they changed to kegs or, or at least a different type of keg in like the 50s the whole needing Guinness needing to let Guinness settle thing is, is a lie, it doesn't exist but they like it because it it's good for their branding but the ultimate thing is about the whole Guinness pouring thing is that it's a massive waste of time uh, such a massive waste of time that 30 years every day worldwide are wasted from people pouring guinness and letting it settle 30 years every day that's how much time people spend waiting for their pints think how much more we could accomplish in the world if we had an extra 30 years worth of sort of human time every day fucking nuts if you do drink guinness i also got a good sort of thing for you to try which proves very popular with sort of almost everyone who tries it that if you get served in a proper guinness glass uh, it will have a guinness logo on the front which is a harp with the word guinness written underneath it obviously guinness has quite a pronounced head you know it's a black drink with a white head the 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 the, the game is to in your first go so it doesn't necessarily have to be your first sip but or one gulp you can have as many gulps as you like but it has to be your first go you can't uh, taken away from your mouth you have to get the line where the black meets the the white between the harp and the top of the guinness sign 
it's a very fun game. Like I'd recommend it if you drink, do drink Guinness, and even if you don't drink Guinness, like buy a pint of Guinness and try it, or try it with your favourite drink in a Guinness glass. And if the local pub that you go to serves Guinness but doesn't serve it in a Guinness glass, then don't go there anymore. Go somewhere else and do it. It's an enjoyable game. Trust me, you'll have fun if you do it. So that's the whole Guinness thing. Don't order your Guinness last. But actually, ordering your Guinness last or first shouldn't really matter because ultimately you should order all your drinks at the same time. If you order your drinks one at a time at a bar, really you're you're a time waster. You're wasting everyone else's time at the bar and the staff's time and your own. You know, bar staff can make your your drink your drinks a lot quicker if you order them all at once. They don't get so annoyed because they they don't have to keep on going to the till thinking they're finished, and then finding out they're not. And the other customers get their drink quicker. It's just good etiquette. Order all your drinks at once. Know what you're going to order when you get to the bar and order it all at once. Obviously, there will be some potential exceptions where you know people come late or whatever. But ultimately, 90% of the time, people who order the drinks one at a time are just being pricks. Have better etiquette and order all your drinks at once. And the world will be a better place. Just like, let's continue along the theme of etiquette. Uh, I know this might not be so good for you if you're Scottish or from the north of England don't complain about the price of the drinks oh, no sorry that's harsh that is harsh you're only allowed or you should only complain about the price of your first drink like if you go somewhere and you buy a drink and it's more expensive than you're expecting then you're allowed to have a little whinge about that fucking hell is it £5.50 a pint in here oh my god that's fucking shit yeah fair enough if you've already had one and you know it's five pound fifty a pint, and you go back for a second one and it's again five pound fifty a pint, and you complain about it, you're a knobhead. You're just complaining for the sake of complaining. The staff don't want to hear it. It's not up to them. No one else wants to hear it. It's not an interesting topic of conversation. Like y- your friends aren't going to be interested by you. In fact, the chances are, if you're the sort of person who does relentlessly complain about the price of drinks, I'd say the chances are that you have no friends. You are a friendless, whinging cunt if you're like that. Um, and I know that there'll be people who aren't cunts in the north and in Scotland who who do that. So apologies to you, but you shouldn't do it either. Like, I know it's expensive, but you know it's expensive too. So when you go in there, you should know that it's going to be expensive. You know, if, you, if it's more than you're expecting, fair play to have a whinge after your first one. Like, you know, it's a shock to the system. But once it's not a shock anymore, stop complaining. And just be a better person. How hard can it be? So, look, we've done a bit of etiquette now, so we'll, we'll move on to some tactics for a bit. Um, first tactic is actually poor etiquette. You know, this is a you know a, a bad piece of etiquette, but a good piece of pub tactics. So, um, when you get to last orders, order a double round. I think we've all done that at some point. You know, you've been in the pub a long time. You 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 want to stay in the pub a long time more. And they're closing up. It might be too early to close, and you know you you haven't really got your night started. So what you do, last orders comes around, you go to the bar and you get two rounds in. As such, you then got time to drink two drinks before before close, rather than just one. And you know, one, if you even don't want that second drink, it's better to have it than than not have it. Uh, double orders at last orders. It's a great tactic. Problem is, it, the reason it's poor etiquette is because it does piss off the staff. But honestly, yeah, look, they're there to work, so you know, work pisses everybody off. So, look, fuck them and get a double order in at last orders makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and by double order, I don't mean like a double gin and tonic. I mean two gin and tonics, or maybe if you're going to be out there, 
two double gin and tonics like a fucking hero. Go with that. So more tactics, more tactics. Uh, play a game that you're good at in the pub with someone. So that might be spoofing, it might be fives, it might be cards, it might be table football, it might be pool, it might be I spy, whatever fucking game you're good at. Play it with someone and play it for rounds. You know, say, you know, if I beat you at spoof, or if I beat you at table football, you have to get the next round. Good tactics. You can save yourself some money. Might as well call me the money-saving expert guy. Like, play a game you're good at, and you will be able to make some money back. I don't see a reason why anyone could do that, unless you're shit at everything. If you are shit at everything, uh, then potentially you losing loads of, loads of rounds to somebody else and you have to keep buying their rounds might make you get better it might motivate you to get better at spoofing or get better at pool so really that's a that's a win-win tactic don't feel bad for your friend if they have to buy you loads of drinks because you're better at gaming them it will drive them on to be a more successful person in future we're going in for a double tactic now and it's, it's all around using the bathroom in pubs it's all around going for a piss like, as people know that you know alcohol dehydrates you and the way it dehydrates you is it makes you need a piss so you 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 piss loads and I, sometimes like i go for a piss in a pub and then i come back to the bar and pretty much by the time i'm back to the bar i need to piss again it's an age-old problem so like first tactic is hold on to your first piss for as long as you can because that one's never never as bad as the other one so you know if you're if you're drinking don't have a piss too early hold on to that first one for as long as you possibly can because it will it will help you in the long run because once that, that first one's happened it's over you're going to be back and forth to the toilet all the time and that sort of feeds into etiquette because if you're holding on to that first one then you're not taking up valuable space in the loose you know, particularly for ladies who you know there's limited always limited space you, you don't want to keep running back and forth you don't want to have to keep getting in there and, and wasting somebody else's time you know someone who is waiting to use the loo while you're in there because you're you're unnecessarily being there. You should hold long, on long enough to your first piss. You know that's that, that's poor etiquette and poor tactic. It's a two in one. Yeah, and like, no one wants to queue at a urinal either. You know, it's, it's it's a real it's a real pain. I was gonna say pain in the ass, but it's more of a pain in the fucking urethra. Like you don't have to sit there and you know lose valuable drinking time while you're waiting for somebody else to have a piss because you know they open the floodgates too early. You know you don't want pricks like that. So. You know, hold on to that first piss for a long time. And just to connect that, uh, you know, be prepared to piss once you get there. You know, don't fucking fanny around. You know, unzipping and undoing your belt. Your belt should be undone and you should be, you know, sort of, I guess, partially unzipped by the time you reach the urinal. You should be ready to piss once you get there. And also, fucking standing there for hours using your phone at the urinal. Poor fucking etiquette. Poor tactics, poor etiquette, and poor tactics in one. If you do that, if you you want to minimise the amount of time you're spending in the toilet, a as an etiquette thing to everybody else, so they can use it if they want, and b so you can maximise your drinking time in the pub. You can maximise your time socialising with your friends. You know, be prepared to piss. Don't waste time at the urinal. Don't be a prick to others and yourself. That's 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 what I'm getting at with that. And you know, speaking of bodily functions, 
you know, we've all been sick from alcohol, I think, you know, everyone's done it, we've all been there. If you feel like you're going to be sick, go home. The tactical chunder is a myth. People who are sick and then carry on drinking are drinking for the sake of it. It's yeah, you can't have fun after you've been sick. It, it just, it just, it, it can't happen. Take yourself home, and no one wants to fucking clean up your sick. All right, it's poor etiquette to be sick like on the floor in a pub or like all over the toilets. Like, be a fucking grown up and just go home and do it. You know, there's no need for you to stay out once you you drunk yourself to the point of vomiting. Your body is literally going like, no more of this. This is fucking poison. It's going to kill us. That that is what being sick is from alcohol. You know, it doesn't make you any sort of like a better person to drink through being sick. Fucking go home. But if you really can't wait, you know, maybe if you've had like, I don't know, a shot of tequila or a shot of Jaeger bombs or you know, whatever it might be, or you've had to down a pint and it just pushed you over the edge and you have to be sick. Be sick in the toilet. And by the toilet, I mean in the toilet bowl. Not in the urinal, not on the floor in the toilet, not against the back of the toilet, not on, you know, not on the floor. Not in the sink, in the toilet bowl, and then flush it down. If you make a mess, clean it up. It's not that hard. Yeah, and that's really for emergencies only. Uh, if it's a real emergency, you, know, you can even make it there. In a nice pint glass. I have a friend, sick in his pint glass after I bought him a shot of tequila. Yeah, filled it up to the brim perfectly. Doesn't create any mess. You're not being sick all over the fucking table, all over the floor in the pub. Doesn't have to ruin it for the staff. Good etiquette, that. Be sick in the right place. Don't. Don't fuck it up for other people. And, you know, you just you just make yourself unpopular. If you're known as the person who, you know, vomited on the table in the pub, you know, no, no one's ever really going to respect you for that. So, but if you're known as the person who was sick in a pint glass immaculately, that's good kudos. Worth thinking about. Be sick in good places if you have to. But really, only if you have to. If you don't have to, fucking go home and stop being a prick. Massive etiquette thing here. Massive etiquette thing. The biggest, maybe even the biggest etiquette thing which is if you buy snacks, like be it crisps or pork scratchings or salted pretzels or fucking dog treats, I don't know what you're buying. If you buy them, share them with other people. There's nothing worse than that twat in the pub who gets crisps, puts them on the table with with the with the drinks, and then when you try and take one, gets annoyed. Like, you know, it's not like a fucking beef wellington is it you know you know like you're not having a a big spoonful of his spag bowl it's only a fucking crisp and if you do buy crisps and you come down and you sit down and you open them up for everybody and you share them everyone's gonna fucking love you for that everyone loves that guy who shares his crisps with everybody after you've had a few drinks i'd actually say that the same people who don't get their round in or get their round in last are the ones who don't share their snacks they're just selfish cunts and you know Really, when the revolution comes, those are the sort of people who are going to get beheaded. That's the, you know, when the alphologist revolution comes around, they get beheaded. Look, I don't make the rules, or maybe I do. If I did make the rules, they're the people I behead. Share your snacks, get your around in. Makes sense. More etiquette, which is don't make your friends sit outside just so you can smoke. Like, it's such poor form. Like, fair enough, go outside, and if they want to come with you, to, for you while you're having a cigarette, that's cool. But on a fucking cold winter's night, I've had to sit outside so many times because you know, we had to get a table outside so people could smoke when there was a nice fucking warm pub with a roaring fire inside. You know, such poor etiquette. You know, the smokers are the bad guys. You know, like, they, they, but they think that they're the leaders of the situation. No, we sit inside in the warm. You go outside and do your fucking habit outside. 
you know, you can be cold if you want to, but don't make everybody else cold you know, on account of your addiction. It's not that fucking difficult, is it? it drives me fucking mad. I know there's laws against smoking in pubs, but that's probably a good thing as well because, it, you know, you should be able to have a quiet drink without, you know, your pint tasting like ash. So smokers, yeah, by all means, go outside. Yeah, or only hang out with other smokers if you want to sit outside and smoke all night. You know, don't bring along non-smokers. It's not that difficult. You know, it's, it, it's no skin off your nose as a smoker to be sit, sat inside and then go outside for a cigarette if you need one. But to make poor non-smokers with no addictions just sit outside freezing their fucking tits off. It's, it's poor. I, obviously, there's you know in, in the summer it's a little bit different, so I'll let you off there. But in the winter, don't be pricks. Sit inside. So we've had a few etiquette ones now. And I'll, I'll bring it back to tactics. So uh, this tactic, it's a, bit, it's a bit fucking stupid, but you know we'll, we'll run with it. So you can avoid an early death by eating the fruit that you get in your drink. You know, some people might say that you could avoid an early death by not drinking at all. But I don't see it that way. You know, if you get a, a gin and tonic with a nice slice of grapefruit, eat the slice of grapefruit. You know, Jack Daniels and Coke with a bit of lemon, eat the lemon. You know, there's all sorts of nice vitamins and, I don't know, antioxidants and good stuff in, in, in fruit. So if you get a fruity drink, eat the fruit. It'll make you live longer. Every little helps. It's the aggregation of marginal gains. You know, if you eat every single little bit of fruit you've got in a drink, you know, over the course of a lifetime, it's probably like, I don't know, like a hundred bits of fruit. It's a hundred extra bits of fruit. You know, you might live for an extra couple of hours at the end of your life. Worth considering. In terms of tactics as well, like, you know, it's not all about living forever. You know, like it, it, it's about, you know, the perception of people. People have of you uh, at the bar. And that perception really goes down if you drink out of a massive fucking bucket of a gin and tonic glass or if you drink out of a really tall slim lager glass drink out of a normal size pint glass drink out of a normal size gin and tonic glass it doesn't make you cool to be drinking out these ridiculous looking fucking modern glasses it makes you look like a twat and in the future when everything's gone back to normal and people drink out of normal glasses everyone's going to look back on your pictures of you with your enormous bucket of gin and tonic sat next to your boyfriend with his fucking three foot tall slim lager glass and they're going to think that you are wankers they're going to go that generation of people were a complete bunch of fucking pricks so don't do it you know doesn't make you any cooler to do it so you know be a proper person and drink out of a proper glass and on to my final point for this that the god it's a loud bird did you hear that I don't know if the microphone picked that up, but fuck me, that was a loud bird. Anyway, lots of loud birds. Fucking sat outside in the middle of Australia, you know, what do you fucking expect? Uh, the, the last one is an etiquette one, um, which really grinds my gears when people get fucking well off about this. That, you know, if someone is served before you, and you feel like they shouldn't have been served before you, you feel like you should have been served at that point, don't fucking kick up a fuss. Like, just take the hit. You know, the barman probably didn't know. The person probably didn't know. All and I always say, all is fair in love and war when it comes to queuing for a bar. You know, it's not the barman's job to keep an eye on every single person and the order at which they got to the bar. Like, if someone gets a drink before you and you feel aggrieved, just fucking take it. It's not the end of the world, is it? Like, people get so angry about it, particularly like fucking old men. 
Old men get really fucking wound up about that. Normally because the, the, the alcohol is probably the only thing they've got left in their life that hasn't left them. So they want to get it as quickly as possible. Uh, I very much doubt there are any old men listening, to be honest. But if you are one of those people who has a go at bar staff and fellow drinkers, if they, you know, because... You know, you didn't feel like you got a drink at the right time. Stop being a fucking prick. You know, have some good, proper pub etiquette. Let it go because the chances are you've been served before somebody else previously. You know, yeah, you know, it all balances out in the end. All is fair in love and pubs. So there we go. So that's the end of my list. Sorry about today's podcast. Has been a little bit stop start. I've had planes flying overhead and insects flying in my face and stuff. So I've had, there's a lot of cuts in here and. It's going to be a little bit choppy, but I hope you'll forgive me. Next week it should be back to some sort of semblance of normal. Uh don't know what the plan is for the podcast in the next few weeks because I'm up in the air. I'm on the, in the process of moving down to New Zealand and I'm in Australia for a few weeks. So who knows what is going to happen with that. But I will keep you updated nonetheless. Uh, yeah, If you enjoy it, enjoy the podcast as a person. You know, you can tell other people. Uh, if you do tell someone and they, they say, how do I listen? Take their phones and subscribe on the podcast app on their phone. You know, Don't give them an opportunity to not listen to it. Uh, like, subscribe, all that jazz as usual. And I will see you next week. Thank you very much. Cheers.